0: Folk, if you have your Bibles, won't you turn to the book of Acts chapter 20? I'll be looking at a few verses there, and then also in the book of Luke. How many of you would like to have a life-changing encounter with the Lord today? Amen. Amen. Well, my preach today is how to have a life-changing encounter with God every Sunday. Can you say amen to that? No, you guys got to do better. Jeff, I thought you warmed up the crowd. Come on. Okay, who would like to have a life-changing encounter with God every Sunday? Amen. Hallelujah. You know, do you guys realize that every single sermon, every preach that you listen to, where the Word of God is opened up, there's the power of God present, that there is the opportunity for us to have life-changing encounters with God through His Word. You know, Corin and I have experienced so much of the years, the power of the preached Word in our lives, in the lives of our children. I can think of so many examples. I think of one when My eldest teenage daughter, a rebellious girl at the time, took her to a church service in Amarnas, and uh, this was back in, I think, 2018, and it wasn't even such a great sermon, honestly. My wife was looking at me, and she was going, honey, this is so skewed. I mean, the guy's not even getting it right, and she's like, should we go now? I mean, we were on vacation at the time, and... I look across next to me. Corin's on my right. My daughter Shiloh's on the left. And I look at her and I just see tears running down her cheeks. She was living a life very far from God at that moment. But something of the preach was hitting into her heart and spirit. And I said to Corinne, I said, just wait. Wait till the sermon's over. And as that message finished, Shiloh looked at me and she said, Dad, I'm going forward. Will you come with me? And she surrendered her life to Jesus. There is power in the preached word of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to show you a scripture, and this is not in Acts twenty. This is just to get you ready for Acts twenty. <laughs> we preachers like to do that. But Acts First uh, Thessalonians chapter two, and um, folk, you're going to need to look up the verses. Um, I, I, I hope you can, um, who's got their Bibles here? Most of you, praise the Lord. Okay, well, First Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 13. Can we read the scripture together, all of us? Paul the Apostle, he's writing to a church that he had just visited. He would spent two or three weeks with them. And he's writing this letter soon after that visit to say thank you, church, for the way that you receive the Word of God. And I want to thank you for this. And so let's read his thanks to them. He said, let's read together. And so we are continually thankful that when you heard us preach the Word of God, you received it not as a mere human message, but as it really is God's Word, a power in the lives of you. Who believe? Now, what I like about that is that there was something that clicked into this church in the city of Thessalonica, that as they were hearing the Apostle Paul and others preaching the Word of God, that they were realizing, hey, this isn't just ordinary kind of talk here. This isn't just chatter. What we're hearing in our ears is the very, very Word that comes from the mouth of God, There's power in this. And they received it, and as they received it that way, with faith, God did something mightily and powerful in them. And you see, there's something important in the Scripture, because it helps us to understand that the way that you and I position ourselves to the Word of God preached on a Sunday morning determines what we will receive out of it. Can you say amen to that? Now, there are two things, and I want you, this just hopped out at me as I was looking at this verse. I said, Wow. Because there were two things that were done, as the Apostle Paul and no doubt Timothy, um, as they were Sylvanus, I think he was another one who was with Paul, and it says that when you heard, you received. And you see, there's a difference between hearing and receiving. Every single one of you are hearing a preach this morning. Not everyone is hearing and receiving. In fact, we're going to look in Acts 20 as someone who heard didn't receive. But to hear and to receive, let me illustrate it this way. Let's just say, for instance, you had a wealthy relative, a second cousin, third cousin, because none of your family are wealthy. <laughs> okay, a second or third cousin, and he says, hey, I've got this, you know, like a, 2022 model car that I want to give to you, I want to bless you with it, and you go to his house, and there's the vehicle parked outside, and it's like, all you got to do, you got to take ownership, well, you say, thank you so much, it's so wonderful, I've needed a car like this, and it's just so wonderful, it will fit my four kids perfectly, and the wife will be happy, and it's that color that we don't need to wash too often, and you just stand... And you look and you admire. Well, you've heard. You said, here's a car for you. But you haven't taken ownership of it. You see, ownership is when that car becomes yours. And you see, the kind of preaching, as Paul was preaching, they were hearing, but then they were receiving, they were making it theirs. The word receiving is the idea of taking ownership of it. You know, I don't know about you guys, but the preachers that we've heard here, from Ross, from Jeff, from Estian, have been phenomenal. I write down every sermon, robust faith. And do you know, like last, this was crazy. But last night, probably about two in the morning, two weeks ago, Jeff's message started ringing in my ears. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And you see, I took ownership of that message. I took ownership of the message. And you see, if we want to go forward in the life of faith, we've got to own it. The message that you're hearing from me, you've got to own it. You've got to take it. I'm giving it to you. So don't just be a hearer, but be a receiver. And then he says, last line, as it is, God's word, a power in the lives Of you who believe. Now let me set the scene for you. There's a city called Troas. In fact, it's close, very close to the city of Troy. And in Troas, there's a group of believers, Christians. And Paul is on his third missionary journey, and it mentions some other men who are with him. And together they go to this church. They've got an upper room venue on the third floor, and they are all meeting together, and so they start, and Paul begins to preach, he's got apostolic messages for them, and he's preaching Jesus, he's preaching about the cross, he's preaching about the resurrection, he's preaching about the church, ministering to them about the return of Jesus, and there's so much that he wants to impart, and he's got to leave the next day, and so as Paul is ministering, and just think, this room is packed, The air is stuffy, but guess who's in the house? You've got Paul, and it mentions in verse 4, if you look there, it says, a of Berea accompanied him to Asia, also Aristarchus and Secundus of the Thessalonian church, Caius of Derb, and Timothy and Tychicus and Trophimus of Asia. And you've got Luke with them. Luke is writing this account. So, just think, in the room, you've got, you've got Timothy, you've got Tychicus, you've got Paul the Apostle, and Luke, and I mean, what a lineup. I mean, if you ever don't want to sleep in a church service, it's this one, <laughs> okay? And so, Paul is ministering, and the this preach goes on and on and on, and I don't know if he was taking breaks for leg stretches or whatever, but he pushed through as it went dark, they put lights up. And, I mean, what a message. Can you imagine the moment? Imagine you and I sitting in a message as Paul is just expanding the gospel, the word of God to us. Well, first lesson here, okay, is that we've got to learn to have faith in the power of the word. As Paul is preaching, he devoted six hours and Uticus falls out of the third floor Paul ministers to him, raises him up from death, and then carries on preaching. <laughs> and I love this because, you know, Eutychus, after having that great fall, I, I'm sure he didn't sit on the window ledge again. I think they pushed him right in the front between two elders, and they're like, <laughs> dude, listen now. This is important. <laughs> but, you know, Paul is, is preaching, and you know, Jesus preached for three days straight, The feeding of the 4,000. He was preaching for three days, and the people did not eat for three days as they followed him. You know, our preachers that are 20 minutes, 30 minutes are short. That's why you've got to get the most out of them. And, um, but I, I can tell you one thing I hold a very high view of preaching because I've experienced the power of preaching in my own life. The reason I'm here today is through a specific preach. I was a very wayward, worldly, self-absorbed surfer back in the early 1990s, and I came into a church, and it was Sunday, it was the 4th of April, 1993, and I sat down, and a colored pastor was preaching, and he titled his message, People of Destiny, and he opened up the Bible to the book of Proverbs, and it says, my son focus on the way before you, do not look to the left or to the right, keep your feet from evil and your mouth from deceit. And I remember as I was listening, and I can't remember anything he said, but the word of God came with such force, with such power, and there was a second row from the back, weeping. I was broken because my feet were so dedicated and devoted to evil that just hearing a message, the power of God was released into my life. I got down on my knees and I surrendered my life to Jesus Christ. I believe in the power of preaching. Now I was chatting to Karen in the week and she was telling me about some life-changing sermons that she has heard over her life. And listen, both of us her dad is like this preacher of note. I mean, I remember sitting under the word in the 1990s, hearing him speaking the word of God. I can still remember some of those messages because I owned them. You know, many years ago when Corinna had planted our first church and we had four heavy years. Um, God had led us to minister to a group of prostitutes and in, in downtown Cape Town. And the going was not easy. It was rough. It was up and down and back and front. And finally, by the sweat of our brow, the church began to grow. And, and um, we went through four years where we were just, we need to give this up. This is so hard and it brutal. And one December holiday, the Lord just put on my heart to go back to their church. It was like this. And preach to them about heaven and hell. And so I put together during the holidays, I put together this series on heaven and hell and I came back and I preached the word of God. I preached one week about heaven, I preached the next week about hell and I watched people on their knees repent, come to the front and that set of something, a revival broke out in that church and it was the best year of ministry that we ever saw. But you see, something had changed in me because God had given me a faith in the power of the word. I knew I was no one. You know, I used to, in the early years of ministry, I was in my 30s, I used to struggle, and I think, God, the reason this church is not growing is because of me. The reason, I mean, if only we could get some other preacher, some guy from the States and, you know, somewhere, and he could just minister in the parlor, if only we could get Jeff from the Bay Community Church, and, you know, and I'd have those kind of thoughts. And then God began to show me, hey, it's not about your mouth. It's like man shall live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God, preach the word of God to them. And I came back in 2003 with a new attitude. And I began to preach the word of God, and that revival broke out, and we saw people getting saved almost every single Sunday from that moment on. It was powerful, students, foreigners in the city center, and so God always honors His word. There's life in a sermon. And let me tell you, those of you guys, because I believe many of us, men, women, you know, sometimes you look at preaching and you think, "Hey, um, you can do it, I can't do it." I believe that when God gives a call to preach, He gives an equipping also. But let me just tell you, I want to show you a well, you've got that egg there? I'm not going to throw it at anyone. OK? But if you look at an egg. And I want you to see the life of a sermon because, you know, this thing, at some point, it's got the potential to hatch into a chicken. It can produce life, okay? If that thing is hatched, it can produce life in it. But the, the egg has three parts, okay? It's the shell. You guys don't seem sure. Anyone had an egg like that? Okay. <laughs> okay. Right inside is the yellow yolk and then surrounding the yellow yolk is the, the white of the egg okay? Now think of it, that every sermon that gets preached has, or should have, right in the beginning, that yellow yoke is the Word of God, the reading of the Word of God. And then around it, the white, if you think of the explanation, explaining, interpreting the Word of God. And then around it is the shell, the living of the Word of God. How do we live this out? And so there's the right in the beginning, the yellow as you read, then you explain, then you apply, right? Okay, so if you're ever preparing a sermon, read the scripture, explain the scripture, apply the scripture. And you see, when you do that, there's something, <laughs> there's something that gets hatched in the hearts and in the lives of those who hear it. Now, let me tell you, there is power if you couldn't preach, but you can read, okay? So you here today, and you say, I can't preach. Can you read? Okay? If you can read, there's power even in the reading of the Word of God. How many of you have been blessed just by hearing the Word read? Most of us. And so, you know... Years back, we'd have a lot of foreigners coming to our church, as being the city, we were close to college campuses and so on. We had this young girl, Corinne ministered a lot to her, but she was a French speaker. She could, and I think she knew about three words of English. We couldn't communicate with her, but someone invited her along. She was starting at an English school, didn't know any English. But as we were reading the Word of God and, and once I was, I was just thinking about this poor girl sitting there, and I'm like, man, she obviously doesn't receive, but she keeps coming back every week. And so I asked another Christian who spoke French, and I said, can you talk to her? Is she getting anything out of this? And she talked back in French, and she said, to tell him, whenever he's preaching and speaking the Word of God, reading the Word of God, I understand it. I was like, how's that? I'm reading the Word of God, she's understanding You see, the power of the Holy Spirit is present in the reading of the Word. And so, we've got to understand there's great power even in what we are doing this morning. Now, Eutychus, guys, I want to tell you something about his character. I hope that there's not one person that can identify with Eutychus, okay? Eutychus was, it says, a young man named Eutychus. Eutychus could have been a teenager, he could have been in his early 20s, but he seems to be a carefree kind of fellow. His name means lucky. (laughs) (laughs) You say, what an inappropriate name. But as he goes into the, the room and he sees everyone sitting on benches and seats and and he goes, Yeah, okay. Why are they pressing against the front? I'm, I'm going to, there's a nice window ledge over there. I'm going to climb up and sit on the window ledge. And, you know, it's a nice place to be, actually, because you can kind of be in church and out of church at the same time. <laughs> and you see, here is someone, and he's the kind of guy. Let me equate him to our modern times. He would be the kind of guy who would be sitting in the preach on Sunday morning, but he's got his phone on and he's reading his Facebook posts or checking the news feeds. You see, he's double-minded because at the one moment he can look in and he can listen to Paul and then he just looks to the other side and he can see what's going on in the street below and his friends and maybe even having a little wave. And he's there on the ledge, a little bit double-minded. And so he's engaging a little bit, but not so much. And then he sinks into the sleep and bang, loses his balance and falls. Do you guys know that there's a scripture in James that says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways? (laughs) Here's an example of that. But the question I want to pose to you is this. Is your life being changed by the word of God on a Sunday morning, or are you merely attending church? You see, we've got to ponder these things. And the interesting thing is that instead of Paul's message bringing life, it brought death to this man. He switched off, fell asleep and bang, he was done. Now, thankfully, there's a thing called grace, and he experienced it, but I believe God is a God of second chances, and so, yeah, Paul raises him from the dead, and puts him right in the front seat, and he says, Eutychus, sit between those guys, take notes, listen to this message. You might not have another chance, and so here he is, and um Guys, we can learn from this, amen? Now, I want to show you another example of someone, remember the Thessalonians, they heard and they received, they took ownership. And I want you to look at a woman who, when Jesus was preaching, decided she was going to fall asleep, she wasn't going to get distracted, but she was going to draw in and take hold. And that's in the Gospel of Luke chapter 10, if you would turn there, Luke chapter 10. What a beautiful scripture this is. Luke 10 and verse 38. You there? And it said, now it happened as they went that Jesus entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house and she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Now, this scripture is unusual because we would all expect if there was a saint that was serving, that our Lord would have commended her and said, look how faithful Martha is. Here we are sitting in the line, sitting back, I'm preaching and we're just having a nice session here and look at that faithful servant serving all on her own there, just doing such a good job. Look at the sweat on her brow, how faithful she is. But instead of that commendation, Jesus gives correction. He says, Martha, Martha. Now, if Jesus says your name twice, (laughs) just a little Bible clue, yeah. Martha, Martha. You're worried. You're troubled about a lot of things. Guys, worry, trouble will take a lot of the Word of God. Remember the parable of the sower, The birds come and pick up and take it away. The troubles of this world. Serving. Serving is good. We need to serve. This church couldn't exist without servants. But don't let it draw away from the word of God. And so here is Jesus preaching. And then notice Mary was doing two things. It says she sat and she heard. And you see the sitting was the way that she had postured herself right at the feet of Jesus, and that should be something for all of us, and guys, I I know this message is going to change your life, this is a life-changing morning, because the way you come to church, even though you might be serving, maybe in the worship, maybe in the setup, but the way you come to church is going to be different from now on, because you're going to remember Mary, this one that was commended by our Lord Jesus, And you're going to pray, and you say, Lord, this morning, I want to posture myself well. I want to sit at your feet, Lord, and I want to receive what you have for me today. And she sat, and she heard, and she was taking in and drawing in. And how important this is. Now, I want to just say something to moms, and I'm sure Karen could come up and say this, but you might be saying, you don't know how difficult my life is. Maybe there's some dads saying that. But you know, the one thing that I've noticed, we've got four kids, we've got a busy household, three teenagers, life is busy. But the one thing that I've seen in Corinne's heart is that heart of Mary. She's preached, by the way, on this before. The heart of Mary, to be able to find that space every morning, draw from the Lord, and then later the two of us meet together and ask Karen, "What? how did God minister to you this morning? And she begins to download and share. She meets with the Lord in the morning. And you see, all of us can do that. Now, your heart towards God is reflected in the way you deal with His Word. And as your heart grows for God, so your passion for His Word will grow too. And for preaching. The one thing that... And We've been in this church, we're going into our third month now. The one thing that I've been excited about, there are a lot of things actually, getting to know you guys, getting to learn something about your lives, seeing your passion, your dedication for the Lord, is the Tuesday Man Club. And for you ladies, you don't know about it, but this is where us guys come together. We open up the beers. No, no, I'm joking. (laughs) We open up the Word of God, and, you know, Brian, it's, what a blessing it is having him, and just to be able to sit in his house, takes two tables, pushes them together, and he takes us through the Word. We've just finished 1 Corinthians. You see, that's awesome, and I think there's some of the ladies, hey, Joss, you got Thursday nights every second week. Guys, this is things that we can draw into and receive. I've got stuff out of that. And it's a real blessing. You know, some of the greatest hunger for God's word, I hate to say it, but I found it outside of South Africa, in other countries of Africa. I could tell you about Malawi and Zimbabwe and Kenya, other areas we've been through, Zambia. Angola was one country I've never, never, never experienced a hunger for God's word and for preaching like that country. Blew my mind. I didn't think I was the same person when I came back. But we struggled to get into that country. You know, it's a commune, had a bit of a dictatorship kind of set up. Corin wrestled with the airlines. She wrestled with the embassy. She wrestled to get me in there. Someone had Um, from Angola had visited us, they'd come to a church, and we got a message from them, from Luanda, saying, hey, we want you to come to our church. Know what they asked me to do? We want you to preach the book of Revelation to us. like, okay. (laughs) They said, we're going to set apart the whole week, and our people are going to be at church every single night of the week. They want to know the book of Revelation about Jesus coming back. Can you do it? Well, I called up another Past and I said, hey guys, this is what they want us to do. We, do. we got onto this and um, we struggled to get into the country. Uh, we struggled to get out of the country. But once I was there, I saw what God was doing. And this big church, it was like the lighthouse, similar kind of thing, galleries and in Luanda. And every single night we would preach through an interpreter in Portuguese and I'd read mainly read through the Book of Revelation, say a few things here and there. But you know, as I would finish preaching, people would come and they would stand up near the front. They would line up. Now this was normally about 8:30 at night, and Luanda gets dark. There's no street lights and it gets hectic. And one by one, a lot of young people they would stand, come to a mic, and they would rattle off something in Portuguese, and then some of the church leaders, they would say, his question is, and I'd be like, Jesus, please, that's a difficult question, please give grace, but they would line up, and as they were asking questions, it was like this never-ending line, because as one sat down, two came up, and it just began questions after questions after questions. We were exhausted after that time, but there was the hunger But you see, with that hunger is, I can say like the Thessalonians, they heard and they received. And like the Lord said to Mary, what she has will not be taken away from her. What they got would not be taken away from them. Could that be said of you? Guys, in the future time, I want to share with you just some practicals going in. But I feel like We need to close right now because I just, I think it's better to pray over this and to ask the Lord to do something in all of our hearts. But I just really want to encourage you guys. Take notes. Bring your Bible every week. It's great having it on the phone, but bring your Bible. Open it up. Underline. Bring your colored pencils. Underline verses. Take notes. Go through it in the week. Take ownership of every preach in this church amen? Can you, can you commit to that? Because guys, I'm going to pray, and um, I want to ask the Lord, because preaching in God's Word has changed my life, and I know God's got big plans for all of us, and that you can make every single Sunday a life-changing encounter with God. If you desire that, won't you stand right where you are? I'm going to pray Heavenly Father, we come before you, and we want to pray, and Lord, I want to thank you for those men in this congregation that you have anointed to preach your word, that you have called into ministry, God, that are faithfully ministering. We think especially of Ross, Lord, and um, I thank you for Jeff and for Estian, Lord, for others, and even those women that are ministering to the women, we want to praise you, God, that, as Paul was saying, that you received it not as the word of men, but as the word of God, the power that works in you who believe. And Father, we want to repent this morning because there may be Sundays where we're like Eutychus, our minds on two places. We're thinking of the week ahead, we're thinking of our families, we're thinking of lunch, we're thinking of a variety of things. We don't want to be unstable in all our ways. And so we come before you today and we say, Lord Jesus, come and move in our hearts. Activate this part of our spiritual lives, Lord. Stir our hearts up. Give us great faith in the power of your words. And Lord, that every single Sunday morning we would have life-changing encounters with you. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. amen, amen, amen.